Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 653, recording today on Wednesday, the 20th of January, 2021. Uh, As I was saying in the pre-show, I was trying to get the White House to change their dates because it's very inconvenient that it's happening at the same time. The uh, uh, POTUS 46, is it, I think, is going in at this precise moment. So if you can tear yourself away with that and stick with us, uh, we're going to be talking about music technology and all (laughs) the things around that. And we're also in the kind of week that would have been now although it's being called Believe in Music, but we'll get onto that a little bit later. First, a bit of housekeeping and such things. Um, You can find us on Spotify. uh, You can find us on Stitcher, Google, Amazon Alexa. You just ask for the uh, Sonic Talk podcast iTunes, all of those kind of places you can find us. Uh, we're all there uh, if you want to see us. We're also streaming live on Facebook and we're streaming to YouTube if you're watching this and also Twitch. All the details will be there. Uh, I want to say, you know, if you like what you see, uh, if this is your first time, I'm sure you will, uh, Do please do subscribe and ring the bell because we've got a lot of stuff coming up. We've got, uh, I've, well, I've just posted the 1010 Music, uh, or that was a Monday, Blue Box review. Uh, there's the 42 HP series we've been doing with Ed. There's another episode of that today. In fact, there's a new uh, video that goes with that that goes on to Patreon. If you're interested in uh, joining us on Patreon, you can join us for a meagre price. Uh, I should scroll up here. Yeah, this is what I've just posted. This is the five minutes with 42 HP part three, uh, where it explains the setup. And uh, there's also Blue Box Review Stems. There's uh, part two companion video. I've been posting a bunch of this is exclusive video you won't find anywhere else. So if you do feel like you want to join us, head over to patreon.com forward slash Sonic State and choose one of those two options which is about to scroll up now and you can join us and it would be very much appreciated all uh, very well very much appreciated so uh, let's join our guests uh, we'll start with uh, mr matt hodson who's there in brighton studio uh, where i'm sure your system is growing it looks more populated or perhaps you've just got a denser patch i know uh, matt hodson <laughs> modular producer artist educated with bim actually bim you've ju- you've you've inadvertently got the same uh, <laughs> the same initials as believe in music week so you must be delighted down there from the branding department well, I'm, yeah, I'm sure we're, we're totally behind that Believe in Music week and all of that. Um, yeah, it's a busy time teaching and all of that at the minute. And it's my first show of 2021. Gosh, so Happy New Year. Do I do the Happy New Year thing? Yeah, yeah let's, let's so. do that. Why not? That's yes, great. Yes, Happy New Year. And it's actually been, actually, it's been a super great year already for me um, on a music front. I've, uh, I've actually released um, my my new project this year, which is releasing a new track every single month for the year. And, uh, it's kind of given me a focus, particularly while we're in lockdown. So yeah, I've, um, I released a, a, a remix this month. I've got another track coming out this month. I've got a 12 inch coming out. Um, I've got a single coming out on a well-known, um, a compilation that I can't talk about too much. And then I'm going to be releasing a new track every month throughout the whole year on my, through my Bandcamp page, actually for a subscription. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just sort of doing a bit of self-promotion no, here. Please Nick. do. Please um, do. Yeah. For three, I, I think Bandcamp's brilliant. I've been spending so much time getting that up to scratch and I've started a subscription. So for three quid a month, you get, um, you get a brand new track every month. You get my old album, Detach, which came under my old name. You get remixes, you get behind the scenes stuff. There's about two hours worth of live stream audio that I've done jamming and it's all at high res audio. Um, so this year is very much for me about music. Totally getting into it. I'm loving it in a minute. Excellent. I'm really glad to hear that. That sounds brilliant. Uh, and of course, uh, 
you know, it being 2021, we've got, you know, new horizons, spring, hopefully. This is the one thing I'm missing about NAM because NAM is such, takes such a big chunk of late December, early January that when that's all over, you come back and kind of springs here and you you, you lose those ghastly winter months. But uh, I guess that's... Yeah. The, there is, yeah, there is one thing that, uh, that is, yeah. So I, I, it's good to have something to focus on, right? Yeah, totally. Particularly, it's 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 raining a lot at the minute, and you can't really yeah. go out in lockdown. And I mean, I've, this this rack behind me is my uh, performance and studio rack. You know, you put a lid on it, and I can go and play a gig anywhere that I want in the world. I just turn up with it. So the, everything that I'm releasing is done on this seven U, ah, and that repeatable. is it. That that and Bitwig basically, and everything that you hear, everything that I release is one take from start to scratch. And nice. um, and I think that comes through in the music. That's, that's so, um, that sounds yeah. great. What a great, what a great way. Yeah, Bandcamp. We we approve a Bandcamp. Well, in fact, we've got a Bandcamp, and Ed's got a Bandcamp, and I'm sure Gaz has got a Bandcamp. But that means I'll introduce Gaz. Gaz Williams uh, hey. there in Bristol, yeah. also producer, music technologist, <laughs> uh, v- mm. avid YouTuber as well these days. I don't know if you're doing one every day of the week, but you've got to leave some <laughs> no. space for the rest of us, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just. I'm just appalled at my lack of productivity compared to Matt there. So, you know, I've got absolutely nothing to offer. So, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually, I should. I mean, my goodness, there's a couple of projects, including Pork Ticket, which I bang on about. But we were going to have a Pork Ticket session to kind of wrap up this album. But uh blooming pandemic sort of put an end to that. So, uh, yes. But, um yeah, at some point. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. I mean, kind of uh, quite raring to go on today, really. There's a, there's some quite there's juicy so much topics, stuff in there. Isn't there? A, uh, there's yeah. one more. There's one more thing that I've got to say because uh, 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 Amber George contacted me on Facebook uh, and said it's my husband's fiftieth birthday today. Any chance you could do a shout out? And I normally don't do this thing, but I thought that was such a sweet oh. thing because she's trying to surprise him with lots of little things. So happy birthday, <laughs> happy fiftieth, Mike George from Southern Illinois. Uh, your wife Amber got in touch. Uh, for a shout happy out. Birthday. So, happy birthday. We'll, yeah, we'll give you a happy birthday, birthday wave. Happy it's birthday. Like, happy birthday. Like Gus Honeybun. I suppose, what do we do? Gus Honeybun used to turn the lights off, didn't he? So uh, let's do that. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yes, happy birthday, Mike. Hope you have a good day. Um, so, well, gosh, news, I mean, isn't there? It's it's mm. I mean it's it's kind of almost too much. So what we'll start mm. with well let's start with uh Korg. Korg are crazy. This is the mod wave that's yeah. this is a wave table on I think it's wave table synthesis. It's basically the same form factor as the Wave State and the Op 6, which I, I've got some thoughts about this. A lot more. Yeah. It's got a chaos pad with chaos physics, which means bouncing balls and inertia. There you go, you see it bounce. A lot more featured, I mean, quite deep, lots of effects. And they're building on that same OS, which has those great uh, um, effects. And there it is. And that's the first thing to come out. Uh, we'll start with that, but there's there's so much yeah. more, isn't there? I mean, mod wave interesting. I mean, I found that I found the wave state was a little bit too kind of, it was a bit too parameter heavy. But lots mm. of people are going to love this again. Thirty two voices. We think it's going to be seven nine nine. Probably not around till May. We also think maybe two hundred and fifty six waves per table and possibly serum wave format user loads. 
This is all stuff yeah. that we just we don't know for sure. It's all I a thought, bit vague. I thought that's been I thought that was being I thought that was confirmed the serum wavetable launch. Ah, um, but um, but something that's quite interesting about it though is that um, it like Korg are claiming that it's a sort of um, a reboot in a way of the DW eight thousand. Uh, sadly, this doesn't have analog filters like the DW8000. But those of you who are familiar with the DW8000, I mean, you know, it, it, not one of the most inspiring keyboards to program. <laughs> but, but it's got a hex it mode. It sounds fantastic, though. I mean, a DW8000, I think. Uh, I think uh, Robbie Bronneman said that BT is one of his favorite synths of all time. Um, so they've essentially, because I think, was that Korg's first? I think that was Cork's first attempt at wavetables, wasn't it? Back in '85, Gosh, I, I don't launched. know. It, those um, that area of since I didn't really kind of uh, right have any physical experience of those. But uh, you know, so they're sort of they're kind of drawing on their heritage a little bit with that, uh, but then obviously putting it into this uh, this new compact form factor that we've seen, as you say, with the optics and the uh, wave state. Um, I have to say, the location of the chaos pad is a little odd, isn't it? Up in the top left, it sort of feels. Let me see if I can you know, find it. Uh, the picture of uh, it. You know, it's almost like where can we put this in, or let's just squeeze, it, put it in up there. Um, might be okay. Obviously, this kind of thing. You need well, to if you get were having, on. if you were wearing flamboyant sleeves or maybe a large set of uh, bracelets, you might <laughs> accidentally yeah. knock the uh, mod or pinwheel, oh. which could be disastrous in your life. I right? wish I was wearing some flamboyant sleeves. I do have some as well. Oh, oh never mind. Perhaps opportunity not the, missed. Flamboyant sleeves. I'm liking the sound of that for a title. Possibly, I'm going to write that <laughs> it's down. It's a good one. <laughs> flamboyant yeah. sleeves. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll we'll know. You know when it comes, uh, whether it's how yeah. great it is, but it's going to be a complex instrument, that's for sure. Something that appeals to you, Matt? Yeah, definitely. Um, at first, I was a bit like, no, I'm not sure, because it did remind me, particularly with the step sequence along the front of the MS two thousand, which they brought out, which I loved. Ah, um, yes. I own. I've owned, did, a, yeah. I've owned a couple of them actually over the years. Um, bought and sold them. I really like that synth. I, I might get it again at some point. I thought it, was, it looked a bit similar to that and its sort of layout, but then you see the chaos pad, you see all the wavetable morphing, all the different types of filters, and I'm good. a big fan I mean, of filters. I tell you what, I have to say, the Poly 6 filter that was in the Op 6 and also in the wave state, mm. it sounded re it's really nice, uh, and that's the one I kind of kept gravitating towards when I was using the Op 6 patches, yeah. I'd love to see see if there's the ability to kind of push sounds into the filters and distort sounds going into the filter. I think that particularly when you're playing around with loads of different sort of harmonic content and wave shapes, that can be interesting. This whole exploration in modular synthesis for me, really a lot of it is what it's come down to, as well as the kind of um, the wonky kind of stuff and the, and the weirdness, is finding really good voicings finding oscillators that pair with filters is so important uh, and sometimes I'll, I'll buy a filter or an oscillator that i've seen and plug it in i'm i'm underwhelmed by it until i pair it with a particular filter and then it really comes to life sometimes they work really well together so 
these these are things now that I'm starting to think more of whenever I'm seeing new synths coming about is is the filter types, is the oscillator types and how they pair up and how they work together. Yeah, this I has mean, got a ton of different filters. There is, there's no, I, I don't remember there being any drive capability into the filter. There might be a drive sort of parameter of the filter type, but it's not like pushing harder into the filter. It's more like po- uh, post as far as I recall with, because they were digital I'm, DSP I'm, stuff. So, Guess. Yeah, well, I'm wondering if the filter. Do you remember when the King Korg came out, which I think's largely under the underrated King Korg. as a synth? The King Korg, yeah, the King Korg, um, <laughs> King Korg. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the filters, that, uh, I think that that was the debut of new of a new generation of digital filter. I might be wrong about that, but I was just wondering if that if this filter is like an evolution of that. I don't know. I sure. think this is all, sure. this is kind of a new thing. Um, but yeah, it looks mm-hmm. fun. I mean, it looks interesting. I'm yeah. sure we'll get to review it. Uh, I mean, but it does. the thing the thing about this that there's so much stuff from Korg, and this is all they projected it further ahead into the future, partly because they don't know when it's coming. And I, I, one of the things that's apparently happened is because of the pandemic, uh, there's a world shortage of shipping containers. Because all the shipping containers are being taken off the ships and held in ports where they're storing kind of PPE and other things that need to be held for a long period of time. So there's Whoa. less in the system to be shipping wow. stuff into. So it's actually affecting, you know, even on that level, which is kind of interesting. I think, um, I yeah. think the, ship, the shipping container shortage is in part because hipsters have claimed loads of them to build little cafes and stuff into them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe you could be right, yeah. I know what? there's a few of those just... in Bristol, aren't there? One thing um, I was thinking as well about this mod wave, just before we move on, Nick, because I know there's a load of news, um, is I'm wondering how much menu diving is involved with this. Yeah, you've got a load of you've got loads of retail. Uh, well, you haven't got a lot on on. It's, it's quite small form factor, but there's quite a lot of knobs on the front and buttons. But yeah, I think there's going to be a bit of menu diving that kind of thing. Yeah, well, there on is this. on the on so, the wave state. It was quite heavy. you know some of it was just a bit like oh my god, this is almost you know it's a little bit. Dead. One thing that is actually good news is they are going to produce a librarian for this, which I think is really good, and maybe that'll that'll sort of move, uh, drop down. Maybe they'll do it for the uh, the wave state as well because that could really do with a librarian because it's just there's just so much stuff there that's really hard to see as an overview. I mean they've done a pretty good job, but it's just a little bit too kind of it at, at times and so yeah maybe that'll make a big change uh, uh, that'll change everything but yeah that's going to be available soon um i just wanted to actually I've, i usually say this at the beginning but i'll say it now obviously uh, if you want to save some money on isotope products isotope us extending their offer to sonic talk listeners if you go to isotope.com forward slash sonic talk and use the code sonic 10 at checkout uh, you can save 10% on any isotope plugin or bundle. And the bundle is the key thing in that phrase because that means uh, any discount that's already happening, you can apply an additional 10% to, I believe. So well worth checking out if you if you haven't you, I mean, you know, a lot of our panelists are real fans of isotope stuff. So we, once again, we thank them for extending their view and giving us a special landing page, which we're away. I always feel it makes me feel special, and I hope it makes you feel special too. <laughs> Sorry, that was cheese on a stick. Right. Uh, well, funnily <laughs> enough, there's more Korg. How about this then? Yeah. This is uh, the kind of reissue of the uh, 700, which is one of, was one of the most affordable or the most affordable monosynth when it first came out. Not sure if it was used to make that kind of music, but I could be wrong. Uh, Favoured by Daniel Miller, uh, lots and lots of people, Kitaro, uh, The Traveller, which is a big deal. It's also got a programmer, a, a full programmability, 
looks nice. They've gone for those authentic controls. Also got MIDI, limited edition, Mini Korg FS. It's a very short, complete with a custom case, which is in brown vinyl, which almost is yes. worth buying just for that. Brown vinyl case. <laughs> I mean, forget the synth. We all want, yeah. it looks like a trumpet case or something. But this is actually, it's funny because people <laughs> are thinking, oh, why? But it's a very big, it's a milestone synthesizer. It has a lot of, uh, particularly in British electronic pop and I guess Japanese stuff as well. It, it really had a place where it was, you know, it was kind of fairly, fairly big deal. I don't know. I've, I have I know uh, Will from Golfrap's got one, but I don't remember ever playing one. I think he's got a modded one. Um but I don't remember actually ever playing it, so I've not experienced it, but apparently it sounds great. And this is going to be a limited edition. It's going to be €2,000, which is a big chunk of change. And, of course, they've probably yeah. already sold out because everybody's contacting mm. their Sweetwater rep or whatever. What do you think? I, I, I'm going to go for you, Matt. Does uh, does BIM have one of these in the archives? Have you ever played with one? <laughs> is it something you would like? It would. It's definitely something we haven't got in the archive. We've got we've got a couple of Moogs, which is or Moogs that are signed by the Radiophonic Workshop when they came in once. That was that was good of them. Um, would this be something I'd buy? Well, yes, and I'd probably buy it because of the filter. Again, talk about filters. It's called yeah. the Traveler, and it's got this very particular sort of high pass, low pass. I don't know if you've seen it. The dials sort of come closer together yeah. and you can move them around. And if you, you've got that trick where you take the knobs off and you can actually overlap them and the sound disappears or goes a bit wonky. Now, I had the polyphonic kind of version of this, which was called the Korg um, Poly... 800 poly 1000 oh poly 1000 oh i don't know that yeah the poly 1000 the cog uh poly 1000 uh tom york uses this a lot on his solo albums and it's and it's it's got the traveler on it it's got a load of presets but there's a button you press and then you can you can basically get the sound going yourself and, and ah, play with it that's it okay. now that's i i used there. i've had two of these i bought and sold both of them and I only sold the last one. The ensemble is ensemble P, as it's called, as well. I only sold the last one because someone offered me a ridiculous price for it, and I, and I needed some money at the time. But um, these things are awesome, and this is like a polyphonic version of the of the uh, of the the one that they've just released um, oh, from Korg. Okay, and I love the sound of these all over the all over Tom York's stuff. If you ever see one, pick one up. Although they're yeah, they're quite heavy. Didn't have MIDI on them at all. Although a friend of mine's got one. He he reckons he's got MIDI on it. I don't know how he's done that. Well, it's probably a mod. I would imagine. I would imagine yeah. it's a mod. I mean, this comes with MIDI, so um, you know that's one of the it does the things that you get. So you know. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's still a cool. It's got CV. Yeah, it, it, I think it's a cool monosynth. It's it's not your SH one hundred one. Um, I know that's Roland, but. You know, it's gonna. It's just a completely different flavor to probably anything you've got in your studio. I associate this synth with more kind of softer sort of not pads because it's not polyphonic, but sort of string almost in a way. I don't know about you. Well, I'm pretty sure it was the line on uh, Golfrap's train and can sound pretty gnarly. Uh, oh, so okay. I, I think it was, but I'm not sure. Gaz, what are you thinking? It's it's a lovely well, thing, isn't it? Hasn't it got? It's got like ring modulators built into it, isn't it? You can make some really wild sounds. I mean, I've only played one in any depth once, and I just—it was absolute love. I, I was wondering, does this come with the sheet music? You know, <laughs> the sheet music. I always thought it was really funny 
that you have like sheet music stand on a yeah. on a mono synth. Uh, does it have it? The new one. I can't. Like a, uh, let me just see. I've got, I've got a link to it somewhere. You know, for, for for playing along to your sort of Tomita solos or whatever. I mean, um, but uh, yeah, it's I, you can make some really great sounds because that's an, it's got that weird delay, hasn't it? There's like a kind of it's not really a delay. It's like some sort of gatey sort of thing, and you can get like a dot 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 dot, dot delay. Um, Let's see. I've gone to uh, up the page to see if I can find. It. Yeah, big, I'm, a, I'm just trying to remember us. Yeah. There we go. What do we Ooh. think of the controls being on the front then under the I, under the know, keys? I was you, just you probably use one. I I was just gonna I, that's the thing I was just gonna talk about. I, I quite like that. I think it's quite yeah. cool. I think it, it is I, quite again, cool. I refer you back to flamboyant clothing or the larger girth <laughs> of uh, any I, I like I imagine if uh, you know a large gentleman or lady were, were were trying to reach and you could quite easily brush some of that stuff quite easily. I mean, I think it was designed, if you look, it was designed to go on the top of a Rhodes. It was like a sub-keyboard, wasn't it? That was mm. the sort of, the, I think, the initial thinking about it. But yeah, it's got something about it, hasn't it? That that idea, I guess. Um, but I suppose the thing is, is you, how are you going to see if you're playing and you're trying to adjust, you're sort of going to be, you know, whereas if it's on the top, it's, it's an interesting design choice, I suppose. Yeah, because... There's yeah. quite a lot of room on the top there, isn't there? Yeah, you could there's, put there's, coffee. There's, you could put yeah, uh, you could. <laughs> sheet music, all that stuff. You could um, roll a herbal cigarette room. on there. You could. You could. <laughs> you yeah. could. Hay Hayden actually in the chat room has said that um, this was used on warm leatherette. Um, so that that might give the you normal. an idea of the sort of yeah. sound it can make. Well, that's uh, Daniel. In fact, I'm pretty sure that Will was using Daniel Miller's own 700S, which had some mods to it. I can't remember what they were because I never got to play it. But I, I just, it, it, I think, you know, I expect Daniel Miller might get one. You never know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming maybe he's lent his and he can't get it back off Will. I, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think it's well, going to be an interesting uh, one. And it will sell out straight away, won't it? Does it, one, does one it exist in uh, Soft Synth? I Sorry. don't know if it does. does it exist? Exist? Yeah. I know. Hmm. Don't know. I'm I'm thinking, looking one. at it as well. By the name, we've got FS for full size. So I'm wondering, is there going to be a range like we're seeing with the other synth that we're probably going to talk about in a minute, where it's not full size later I down the line? Know. Do you Could reckon? Could you make I mean, that much smaller though? I mean, those controls well, would why be. I'm wondering why they've got the FS on the end of the title. Well, that's all, you know. The S, the S was for because there was a 700S which had a second oscillator. The original 700 only had one oscillator, so the S was for second oscillator. And F, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what that's for. Uh, flipping unavailable. Uh, flips. <laughs> Fully sold out. I don't know. I, I, I know what's the. <laughs> Do we know how many they're making? I mean, how many? How yeah, many? Not, this one I think will we be? could safely say probably not enough. Yeah. Or maybe. They but what, what was the price point? That's going to be two thousand euros. So it's a chunk of change. You know, it's not a. Cheap, it is a chunk of change. A, it's a very pretty thing, and it comes yeah. with a blooming war. It comes with a leatherette case. I mean, honestly. <laughs> anyway, so that's more cool news. I mean, there's just so much of and it, and there's uh, more. There, yeah. there is more. All right, well, let's get on to the next one because we've also got, uh, if I press button three, got my MIDI controllers working this week. Oh, thank you very much, David Ramirez, in the chat room for the uh, 20 bucks tip. Very kind. Yeah, this is the 
I don't know why they're being so cagey about the video. Maybe they made this before they announced. This is the 2600M, which is the same size as the 2600FS, full size, but it's 40% smaller, still got a spring reverb, it's got MIDI, it's also got a USB host so you can plug your own keyboard into it. You know, that's the kind of, uh, that's what we got. Uh, this one is going to be actually, bizarrely, it's um, 1799 euros, so it's actually cheaper than the uh, than the mini cog, but I guess there's the mini cog's mm. a bit more got a bit more livery to it. I don't know. I I mean it, this is this is where things get weird because at the same time as this is happening, we've got um, th this isn't a limited edition by the way, so this is going to be fully available. Uh, so I think we're you know lots of people may buy these, but by the same token, we've also got the new Behringer uh, twenty six hundred. They've announced this. Dan with Behringer. This is Dan introducing the twenty six hundred. New guy in front of the uh, camera. And Blue Marvin. Blue Marvin and Grey Mini, which were cosmetic ones. These are, have been uh, released with mono LEDs and also uh, hand-picked components, but it's also got a spring reverb in it rather than the digital effects, and it's only a hundred bucks more. So, uh, wow, okay, too much to choose from. I don't really know quite how this is going to work. Obviously, you know, a Behringer are making them... Uh, more affordable. I mean, seven hundred bucks even for the the full one compared to seventeen hundred for the the Korg one. You know, you'd have to say, if I had the choice, I'd probably spend less and save more money for synths unless I wanted that authenticity. It's really difficult. But by the same token, why would I then buy the six hundred bucks Korg twenty six a Behringer twenty six hundred which doesn't have the hand picked components and the spring reverb? Discuss. Yeah, well, it was suddenly overwhelmed by 2600s, aren't yes. we? It's like Christmas has come at once and you've got different price points, you've got different components, you've got different manufacturing processes, you've got uh, LED lights, you've got non-LED lights, you've got spring reverbs. There's a lot to choose from here. And uh, if anything, we're spoilt for choice, really. Um, until, you know, if I had them all lined up here, yeah, I'd probably be playing around with them. There'd probably be sound differences of one kind or another or whatever. What would I go for? I don't know. There's something about these, the the the, the blue and the, the new gray one. I'm forgetting the names of them now um, because they yeah. they were so rare. So, yeah. so rare. I don't know anyone with them, really. I don't think. Um I'm probably more interested in them just for the characteristics and what they can they can offer. I think I'd be interested in that. And they're I a bit cheaper. I don't, I don't know that there's all that much different. I don't know whether they've replicated because I mean the blue one was was renowned for being crap, for for being unreliable. You know, so I doubt if right. they've replicated that circuitry in the Behringer version. <laughs> um, not not intentionally um. anyway. So I mean that would be you know, so there would be a kind of it doesn't make sense. But I you know yes I I mean I would still like to try one of the Behringers. I mean obviously uh, I did ask for a review unit, but they said they wouldn't send one in because uh, we'd said nasty things about them in the past so that's why i haven't got one just to put the record straight gaz what do you think i mean the Korg one looks nice there i mean the bonger ones look nice i like the leds on the on the top it's got a sort of and i like the fact on these gray and uh blue ones that they've got mono leds rather than the sort of christmas tree look yeah i mean that was that was something that put a lot of people off wasn't it the multicolored leds uh and it's certainly a, you know to have the genuine spring is uh is is most welcome i'm a huge spring reverb fan and i've never been entirely sold on digital emulations of springs they're just so there's just so many variables in the sound of a spring well, you can't so, hit them can you that, 
know. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean, my goodness, it does make the Korg one seem extremely expensive. Even yeah. that might be a bit unfair um, because of you know different manufacturing processes. Because uh, you know what the Korg one has got in the official ARP kind of logos and stuff is kind of offset by it being a small one. So, <laughs> you know, it makes a small one feel a bit inessential, I think, um, sadly. Uh, well, I'm sure it's fantastic. I think the, Ber- uh, I think the Behringer is, is, is the smallest of all. Then I think it goes. Oh right! It's going to be one of those going... quiz questions. Put these synthesizers in order of yeah. physical size. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I suppose the point I mean is that to spend the extra to get the ARP name and to get some sort of sense of authenticity is offset by it being a mini version. Uh, although I have to say the USB host is a very smart move, and I'd like to see that almost standard on any keyboard mm. without a you know any module without a keyboard going forward. Yeah, um, we do see it more often these days uh but yeah i would like to see that more so you know that's a definite plus for the for the for the mini korg one um yeah i mean it, it's a difficult one it's like last week when we were talking about the new ik um uh, uno synth yeah uno, uno synth pro. pro and just the price making it seem just not Actually, they, they, and, they, uh, co- they commented on on the comment thread under the story because I'd said it seems expensive, but they said, "Well, actually, you know, we've used for tar keyboard, we've used, uh, and it's right. built uh, it's built in Italy, you know, so you know that's good. Okay. You're paying a little bit of a premium for that, and, and for a lot of people, that matters. Those sort of details are the things that would maybe make them choose it over something else. So I'm sure that, and yeah. I have to say, in the blue box review, I, yeah. the Uno synth I plugged in. Because I had the old one, I just thought I need something small to plug. I'll mm. try the unit. It sounded really good. Oh, it does. I mean, like, it really sounds fantastic. Like, Whoa. Yeah. 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 So no, I mean, I I I think I was just mentioning that just merely that um, one of the downsides of uh, not being able to get hands on physically with things is that 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 really does affect your whether you know your desirability when you actually get to physically feel them and sort of uh you know i think the 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 um the udo uh super six uh, something i mentioned a lot you know the build quality on that is phenomenal but i just don't know how much you can appreciate that sort of thing without having that real yeah. experience yeah uh, well, that's true. and i think the same would go if you had like these side by side it may be just there's something about just the way it feels the korg one just may just feel Maybe better, yeah. and, I, I, I don't but, know, but yeah. I mean, you know, it's almost a thousand euros better. I mean, that's that's a lot of better, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's a, be... so much, isn't it? That's the problem. It's such a huge deal, if, you know, such a huge amount of money difference that makes it a really awkward thing to talk about but in it, a way. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is complicated. I mean, it's like you know, mm. I don't know. I mean, we we could debate the rights and wrongs of this. Uh, strategy uh, from Behringer until the cows come home. But n- nonetheless, I mean, it's going to be blooming effective. The people will buy these we, in their droves. I think I, the other thing that's interesting is I, I, that the actual original, the, the original uh, Behringer 2600 is, it, you know, they've sold out, so they have to wait for another lot. So maybe these ones coming in, <coughs> maybe that'll just take over and there'll be, you know, a hundred bucks more, which isn't a bad, I mean, seven, you know, six, six, 700 bucks right. instead of 600 bucks for something like yeah. that. I mean, yes, it's a, to a lot of people, a hundred bucks is a lot, but not for something of this size. Sorry, Matt, you were going to come in. I, I, I guess we'd be all um, in conferences this right now, wouldn't we? Playing on them all, like NAM or whatever, yeah. and 
trying running around trying stuff out and and getting a real feel for it and and what have you because it is so right that that you connect with an instrument sometimes through its interface and when you're playing with it and through touch and the movement of the dials and sometimes just like yeah this this it's like when you go to a guitar shop Mm -hmm. and you pick guitar down you this one just talks to me more than another one so there's all all that in there as well you know so um the, the full size 2600 when it came out, I played with that at NAM, and it just struck me how big this thing was. And I was kind of, and it comes in a flight case, and I was kind of like, I, where am I going to put that as well? In the flight than my case sofa, as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad it's a bit smaller and, and, and that kind of thing. Prices, though, I'm seeing a lot of conversations at the minute since Brexit's happened. Maybe we don't want to get onto this, I don't know, but, um, but price is going up coming into yeah. the UK and how yeah. difficult manufacture, um, even people making modulars, finding sourcing parts and getting parts and it, everything just suddenly seems to have either slowed down or gotten quite a bit more expensive. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I, I, I suspect, uh, and I'm not saying that there's anything, you know, this, this is just a, you know, a, a sense. I doubt if there's that much difference in the tone and the sound of it. I, I suspect they sound pretty much of a muchness. I think the difference is, I mean, when we're talking about difference in size, you know, we're t- the, the, the real obvious one is like the Jupiter 8 versus the, uh, the, the boutique, you know, that, now that is physically, yeah. they are very different worlds. I mean, you know, yeah, 10%, 15% difference in size. There's still plenty of room on the Behringer to play around. I, I just think they're going to do really mm-hmm. well. It's just a shame that it's not, you know, something they invented rather than just something they, they copied that can also be made, of course, be bought elsewhere. I mean, that's, I suppose that's the thing. I mean, but, you know, fair enough. I'm not going to get into that whole thing. They've they've entered that market and, and I've already burned my bridges. Like I say, I can't review the 2600 from <laughs> Behringer because they won't send me one. Um, so there we go. You know, I, I mean, I might, would I buy one? don't know maybe mm. I, i've i've never re- the other thing is i've never really been a 2600 nut but people i know who've got them are but partly probably because they cost them so much money you get that thing <laughs> with evangelist and they get people get evangelical because they're trying to prove that they really do oh. need that one rather than you know than school their kids or whatever i, it may I be. mean for me it was always it was always the the one no really the 20 i mean i remember we used one on some recordings back in 2001 and just the the presence in the sound. I mean, this was when there wasn't any real choice from what was being made yeah. back then, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I'd always, I'd always thought they were something that was just so far out of my reach. that I would never, ever be able to get one. So now I'm, you know, I'm seriously thinking of getting one and the, the blue Marvin, yeah, I know Looks what you mean. Really do, tempting. It, it does, doesn't it? It does, and I'm sure they'll mm. do well. I guess it's just the same because yeah. Behringer, like everybody else, even they've got their own factory, they're still going to be suffering from the availability and the shipping. You know, they they yeah. suffer, uh, but because they make so much more of the announcements and the press about it, it's sort of it's more disappointing that it's not available yet, and they're struggling with a lot of the things that they said they were going to be ready aren't. And I don't know whether that's capacity or whether they're just doing too much, so they've spread themselves too thin. I mean, it's but it's they've got to be careful that they don't disappoint too many people by availability that's all um right there's more there's another cork oops no that's not it this is it that's what i was gonna play yeah so this is the drummer log now this dropped today this is on the uh the future product preview page. 
So this is a hybrid machine. So I'm guessing there's some analog stuff. There's also uh, PCM samples, and then there's the sort of oscillator, which is like the log SK plus the effects. Um, this looks really promising. Hi, I'm from Korg. Drum Etienne is one of the boffins behind the, parts, uh, as well the edge as flexible kind of visual SDK parts stuff. and a rich effects section. PCM parts and digital synthesis parts provide a wide array of sonic possibilities with the ability to load custom samples. And people samples. are going crazy for this because, uh, mm. well, A, they can't have it, and B, uh, it's a new thing from <laughs> Korg. I'm trying to think, when was the last drum machine Korg made that wasn't a uh, well, Volker? That, that wasn't a Volker, yeah. Probably the Electribe, if that counts. The Electribe 2, when that came out, maybe? Yeah, I suppose, but that's yeah. that's a bit more to it than that, but yeah. Hang I on, guys, know. I totally missed this. What? What's this? I totally missed this one today because I've just been super busy. What's this one called? Drumalog. Drumalog. Yeah. This looks yep. amazing. What? <laughs> I'm <laughs> very excited about this. This is it's the first time so, I've heard about it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the log bit or logo, whatever you'd pronounce that part, <laughs> is uh, means that it's open to third-party developers. Yeah, so, like like the NTS-1, like, which means like, sign vibes, yes. and it means all of those people are going to be mm. making their great things for machine. I mean, it, it, it's genius, and it, it's yet another thing that's kind of Korg. That's why Korg are killing it at the moment. They've really ramped yeah. it up, and this looks very interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm not a big fan of drum machines. It's not my thing so much, but this sort of feels a little more electron-like in the sort of notion that we've got these different machines and different engines, but they're combining analog as well. Uh, it looks like it's going to have... Uh, uh, where did I put it? I've got... Uh, where, where's my... P uh, PCM analog plus the, the Log SDK. So this is the Log SDK... Uh, Variant, so they've expanded that. So maybe there's a bit more code to play with. Maybe there's more capabilities. Uh, it looks like um, that's going to be kind of a an interesting thing. It's got individual outs. It's got and as I, I did post them. Let me see if I can find the um, find the actual this picture. Right. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you <laughs> wax about that. I'm just because I found. Yeah, I mean, this um, the the last sort of drum machine that I got excited about, I suppose, was the Dave Smith Tempest which sadly they never really finished and have recently said we're not going to be developing it anymore. Look at that. That looks awesome as well. Oh, I <laughs> I don't get that excited by drum machines, a bit like you, Nick. I've had them in the past. I, you know, I've had 808s and all sorts of different – I had a really nice MFB. There's a really nice MFB, the 522. Check that out, folks, for a cheap-sounding 808. It's really cool, really small. Cheap Take sounding. it on – well, uh, a cheap good sounding, uh, I think is what you mean. Cheap good sounding <laughs> and very small and individual outputs. Nils Fram uses one. And um, I, I've never really been excited about drum machines because they're either just a bit like, oh, yeah, it sounds like an 808 or 909 or um, – They've got some effects on them that are just a bit, you know, reverb that you just put on and some filtering. The Tempest was, it had this kind of thing, hybrid, analog, digital, oscillators, wave shaping, but it was also very performative. You had all these different cool things that you could play around with in real time. Now, yeah, if Korg have done I, that... When I reviewed it, I, I, I came up with some great, I thought at the time, riffs. And I've heard people demo them since. And they really, there's something, there's, yeah. they are special, even though they're flawed, because yeah. the OS never really got where it needed to go entirely. Yeah, well, I'm definitely, this Korg one, if they've got that kind of vibe going on within this, and it's not just a kind of, 
I don't know, as I'd call it, just like plug and play. Here's your drum sounds. Here's some effects on top of it, some volume controls, pan. Yeah, okay, well, whatever. Now, if if it's gone above that and you've got a little bit more diving, a bit deeper in terms of like playing around with the oscillators and the shape and the envelopes and the modulation, and it, and it sort of glues together in that sort of cohesive way that the Tempest did, this I'm getting. I'm very excited about this. Just learned about it. I'm feeling very happy. Well, it doesn't have mm. the same sort of pad control by the looks of things. I mean, this is obviously a prototype render. It doesn't have the same kind of pad thing that the Tempest has. But I think the thing that would make it sense is, you know, as a drum synth, really useful. Most people, I would imagine, will be using it, or a lot of people will be using it triggering externally. What If somebody could figure out how to get some of those cool ratchety things that happen that you can play on incoming MIDI rather than sequencer triggers so you can perform with the incoming note data or the MIDI sequence, then I think we could be on something coming even better. I guess, I mean, I don't know, drum machine. Mm. I don't know what I feel yeah. about drum machines. I mean, you know. Oh, I love them. Yeah. I made a video, I don't know, a few weeks ago, a few months ago maybe, um, suggesting that the uh, Electron Aritum Mark II was the best drum machine ever made. Just a you know, posing that as a question. And that was actually proved to be quite a contentious thing. And there was a lot of, uh, certainly a lot of people reckoning that the Tempest uh, deserved that. Other people saying, no, it's the machine drum. Um, so it's a really, you know, best drum machine is definitely an interesting area. Um, however, I think this certainly looks like it's got a lot of real-time performance aspect to it which yeah, is a essential lot, for it's essential for a drum it, machine there are. yeah it's essential for a drum machine because you know why do you why would you Otherwise use a drum machine yeah, you know yeah, yeah. um I, I, i'm I trying sorry i must have no, i think who, was it who said something in uh mac in the uh uh youtube chat says analog drums are boring and pointless without extensive concept modulation and i would agree i mean i don't get I, Apart from something right. like you know, the pulsar, analog drums do not interest me very much at all. Where the pulsar oh. does, because but just the sort of bibble Oops. bibble bobble is so <laughs> limited. But the toms, uh, you, you know, I mean that's one of the criticisms of the Vermona DRM uh, Mark uh, DRM One Mark Three that I've got one that I love that there is absolutely no modulation on that at all. So. Um, yeah. So you have to hand modulate, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I typically record that um, a track at a time, so I can I can, you know, do that by hand. Um, however, that is quite rewarding, uh, anyway. But um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. I think this this is interesting. Korg, I've got, you know, a second to Roland really in terms of history of drum machines. Um, yeah. Donkomatic. Have, have they got much in the way of classic? I mean, I suppose that yeah, they, they well. had the DDD series, which were the, some of the first affordable digital ones. And I had a DDM 110, which was bloody awful, but the only thing I could afford. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I, you know, they were used a lot by Square Pusher and Aphex Twin, weren't they? A lot of those early Korg, very sort of primitive drum machines. They got really into sort of the modulation. It's how they did a lot of their sort of glitching and um time stretching stuff using 
the things within those drum machines. If I'm thinking uh, of the right okay. ones, maybe yeah, they were sort of basic basic sample stuff. Mm. I know. I mm. mean, people. I mean, I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking at the stats because I've just fired up. We have a, a Raspberry Pi that just sits there looking at the real time stats on the page. And this week, it's just been Korg at the top of the list all yeah. week because of these. Well, and the drummer log still... is is, is yeah. going crazy. You know, and I I don't know this page that they've got. Actually, I should show it. This is the URL of this. I should post this because this is the one to look at because this is where they keep showing up. So there may be more. I mean, who knows? Uh, uh, we didn't Maybe even cover. We sorry. we didn't even cover the full size. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, wave state se uh, can we you know, can we th mention th that briefly just because yeah. i think that, I, I, there, I think i've got a video for that okay i've got a video for that five no what's that <laughs> no that's not it uh the wave state fc <laughs> let's just go up here i think uh let me find it uh mod wave uh scrolling down oops i'm gonna put that up there uh wave state se which is basically the wave state you know that we've seen in that kind of little Korg format, but this has now got uh, a full size uh, or, or 61 keys with aftertouch. Uh, I don't know mm. if there's more controls on it, but basically, it, it you know, a solid build, aluminium panel, uh, and it's just a more pro instrument. And I, I suppose mm. what I'm thinking with that, that is maybe this whole kind of little op six. Uh, wave state is their kind yes. of prototyping pathway and so they make those people go yeah lovely and then they go can i have a bigger one and it doesn't you mm. know they, they either make it or they don't it doesn't really matter because they've built it all in mm -hmm. sort of it's dsp this is all done in, in raspberry pi stuff but anyway yeah over to you guys well, yeah well i mean that i mean i think you know it that certainly chimes with what we were talking about earlier about the feel and the quality of an instrument i remember seeing the wave state at nam last year and as interesting as a synth as it was I was really put off by the cheapness of it. I thought that the knobs yeah. felt cheap and, and the key bed wasn't very nice. Uh, and, not, you know, no. I thought it's, it's, I thought that was a shame. So it's quite interesting. I think what you said is, is spot on. I'm just going to just kick to this shot here of something. This is the Isla Instruments 2400. And the thing about this is it's built like a tank. It's absolutely everything about it. It's, it's solid build quality, the buttons, the way they feel, all the knobs, everything feels, you know, amazing um like the way instruments used to feel you know the, the um instruments made in the 1980s uh, you know other things like the wasp or some other things you know had a real fantastic build quality to them um so i think it's quite interesting that korg have done this to acknowledge that people do want better build quality as well. I wonder, you know. I wonder um, how much it's going to be. I mean, I'd be interested. Well, and this is the, the think, problem they've got there is this thing was what five hundred quid or so for the little one. So if they don't, yeah. make, if they make this two grand, that that's going to be a miss. You know, they have to find that sweet spot. I think to make it. If um, right. well, well, yeah, absolutely. And price points always the thing. But on that cork page, Nick, if you just go back to it. The next one down is the one we really need to talk about. The entertainer called EK50 CSA. Look at this bad boy. It's got speakers. It's got a music it's stand. Peru. Yeah, music stand. Uh, Uruguay. I mean, these are the things actually, jokes aside, these are the things that I had at school. And these were the things that you got out of the cupboard. And I don't know about you, but this was like my first kind of headphones on you've got all these weird sounds drum machines all sorts of stuff going on in it and it was a real sort of escapism tool as as primitive as these are 
you know, well, they're, these they're sort not, of actually they're very complicated. A lot of these arrangements. They're really they're good really, now. They really are. Yeah, they they are fantastic. <laughs> I mean, some of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I would love to have had a cupboard full of like hydrosynths or something like that. And I, my first SH101 actually, when you turned it over, it had a school etched its address etched into the back of it and oh, yeah. I, I could only imagine that school cupboard had a load of sh101s for kids to play with at the time but nice. i might get one of these uh one of these ek50s EK and just try and write an album on it I, that's I, a great I mean, idea I, I, that, no, joking aside i mean there's no reason to be kind of dismissive of this stuff i mean the arranger keyboards are the way lots of people start and come through and there are lots of people using arranger keyboards as their sound sources because the sound you know they they're good i mean it's not like they're right. the poor because they've got plen tons of pcm memory they've quite often got a lot of the uh the, the synthesis technology from the other you know the loads loads of them are really kind of very usable indeed i mean it's just you I, only just think Cork Bossano, you know, Bossanova, Phil Button, and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. That's not that's not necessarily Trumpet. the case these these days. I mean, I would agree. Uh, which does bring what, me to what? A, what oh, sorry, Gas. You, what, I was just going to say, what about the bald, the Baldwin Fun Machine? That was a, that was like a. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know those what that things is, are cool oh you don't like know that oh Baldwin fun machine the, i need to i need to look yeah Baldwin I, fun I, I, I don't get any um, not suitable for work research results <laughs> uh, Baldwin fun machine yeah oh there it is <laughs> oh it looks like a yeah. that. that well that's massive yeah i mean that looks like a troll no no it's it's really de it's really Chamber. shallow though the it's um it's oh man you can get some really ace things out of that okay. i love it yeah <laughs> baldwin fun machine um, okay well look here's here's another thing this one slipped by this is another this i think this could be absolutely massive yeah so this is basically cool gadget for vr Korg again, and this is uh, and this you know again Korg were kind of the, amongst the first to properly realise the apps market, and I wonder if they're going to properly be the first to realise they are. This I mean I don't know how yep. realistic this is and what system it's using, but this could be really uh, a big deal. I'm, I'm not a bunch of a VR user because it makes me feel sick, but wow, this could be. As they say, a bit of a game changer if they get all this stuff right. Do you know, I think they will. There we go. Yeah, I think they will. Because the gadget platform, you know, has gone through these different iterations, starting as an iPad app and then, you know, and then to an iPhone as well, but then through to the desktop, but significantly over to console to the yeah. nintendo switch That's and right. through it being used on the switch and the various controllers that and mod you know making it um accessible on the switch the next step to vr is you know is a really sensible it, it makes a lot of sense totally. i think that a lot of things that have tried to do vr just hasn't had that kind of development legacy before it you see so um and the way that um gadget works as i'm sure many people know is that by just offering a reduced feature set and making these all different engines you know just uh focused little kind of things means that uh, rather than having to negotiate an enormously complicated synth that's just loads and loads of parameters you've got these simple front end yeah. um because of course once you're in that vr kind of environment you know i mean to look at an enormous of, synth yeah, would, you need would, you're just yeah. a machine at a time again 
I, machine I, I at a time. It, and it takes me back because there was that Alive in VR, uh, the da uh, Dave Symes, uh, I forget the name of the guy. I've, I've, I've covered his things at a few sort of London shows. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a hand in this because he's been developing this sort of thing for a while and his knowledge is going to be fairly exclusive. But I, I don't know. I, I've not really tried VR. I've tried it a couple of times and it, I found it really quite... Mm. Uh, debilitating and it because I'm not used to it but it's yeah. one of the few areas of technology that I have no experience with whatsoever but I imagine this is going to be one of those things that changes enormously you know I mean for teaching yeah. for all that you know this, I don't know what platform this is going to work on you know how good the platform needs to be before it looks that good as it did in the render excited by yeah. this Matt? Uh, not VR AR I am augmented reality I think VR no, they put for a start putting on a headset, removing you from your your room you're in, all that kind of thing. This isn't. I didn't get into music to put on a headset and be surrounded by all these screens. It kind of almost plays up to this. Some people get into music production, music technology for this idea of just like buying loads of kit and having all that stuff around you, and it and it helps with Where that. Where have you heard that? Now. That's an outrageous I suggestion. I don't know somewhere, <laughs> somewhere he says, uh, um, but augmented reality keeps you in the environment so and apple are, are going to get big on this i think we're going to see augmented reality reality go really big Ima imagine for example you have uh, something like a, a synthesizer with just some dials on it and the keys and as you look at it you can choose what then is thrown on top of that in terms of you know what each dial does a different preset a different right. synthesizer generic one synthesizer that becomes anything right? yeah and you're just projecting mm. by wearing the AR glasses, you're just projecting onto it what it is. That way you can stay, you stay in the room, you, you feel more grounded. You could basically then just have one synth and every time you look at it, you just press a button and it changes to a different synth. I think AR is where it is for me. Mm. And I also get, with VR, I get motion sickness with it. I even get motion sickness when I'm playing Mario Kart on the NES, but <sighs> GoldenEye, that was bad. Oh God, there was something about that game. <laughs> The key, though, is refresh rate, and with um, you know, with things that you know, like Half Life Alex, for instance, which is a mind blowing um, VR game, you know, and the kind of the fact that the gaming industry is pushing for faster, faster frame rates. The frame rates, when you get, I think, it's over a hundred hertz. Is it? You know. Um, it's keeping up with your head move. It's like the the the, the, the sickness is where the frame, you know, where the, the refresh rate is a little bit too slow. So you get in this lag in as you as any movement as you turn your head. Right. Um, so in order to make the gaming side work, it's about really ramping up that that frame rate. So uh, now I think that this could work really well because clearly it doesn't need to have anywhere near the the amount of um, pixels on screen that like a, a complex three D shooter like like that right. half-life alex yeah. would need so i think that being able to have you know relatively simple looking uh interfaces that, that this is why i think gadget is a perfect for vr uh i think it, it, if it has that kind of smooth frame rate uprate uh, update i think could make this really work i think i would differ from matt in this sense i think the immersion um you know could be really great obviously you see, there's those different kind of hand controllers for the different VR things that I've tried, you yeah. know, um, and the way that you can kind of navigate and head tracking and all of the different things all coming together. Uh, I think that immersion could be quite fun. I mean, I really suffer from being distracted 
really easily. And so you just so get the locked in the studio, basically. Locked in, yeah. And I'm fascinated. <laughs> I have always, I've always wondered though about that thing of like if you're in the VR world and if you're playing like a fighting game, but then like a, a, a you know a burglar broke in and started beating you up for real whilst you're in the VR world, you know that, that is going to happen, isn't it? And I think that would be. A little bit horrible. Um, not, not something I spent uh, much time it, thinking about. But, but no, no. Yeah. But I mean, your ears, your ears, and your eyes are completely. You know, you, you're not aware that you're being burgled until you're actually physically being uh, right. uh, attacked. Um, okay. So, but I, you know, I, th- <laughs> but I agree. I, mean, I think once the technology court. is in, uh, has caught up with it, this, this is this is sort of slipped in and people haven't paid, uh, you know, put much attention on, but I think this is the real big, I think Peter Kern uh, picked up on it and has written an article about it on CDM link. Uh, but this looks really interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's, that's going to be a big, uh, a big thing. What was the other thing? There's, uh, there was one more. Oh yeah. Uh, was this the guy? Oh yeah. And um, I didn't want to not mention it either. Behringer's VCS three fo- fo- uh, prototype as well. So there we go. That seems mm. to be there um, coming. That's going to excite a lot of people. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'll wait for the AKS cause I want the suitcase. Uh, I'm that's yeah. the thing that I would, I would go for because there's something about the, the old, the proper VCS. It looks vintage and old and it's very sort of, you know, it's very specifically kind of dusty and musty. So this, this doesn't interest me quite so much, but, They've started to make it. It's going to happen. So you know, wow. Uh, Are they making a suitcase? Is, is there been or has there been any rumours about the suitcase version? Because like you, I'd be super keen on that. Ah, uh, yeah, I, they, they're bound to. I mean, they're making everything, so I mean, they'll get round to it surely. I mean, it's, it's just a matter of time, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've always wanted a VCS three. I was introduced to one when I was at university, which was Thames Valley University. It's now the University of West London. And I was lucky enough to be spending most of the time in studio with a VCS3, a System 100, a DX7, a Wasp, and loved the VCS3. And I just push it to its limits. I just, I get some gnarly stuff out of it. I've always wanted one. Mm. I can't afford second-hand prices. I can't afford a new one. Don't forget, they do make new they ones do. still, but there it's is like a, there is a waiting, waiting list. list. It's a very yeah. Long, yeah. I can't, I can't do that. If this is coming out and it's like five, six hundred quid, I'm having a VCS3. I'm having one, definitely. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Interesting. Uh, it's got to be mentioned, doesn't it? The version three for oh yes, of course, yeah. Micro Freak is phenomenal. I mean, this is the noise engineering. Is uh, you get well. There's, there's two main parts to the update. One is that it's got unison mode now, um, and that unison mode is really cool because you can have it uh, offset by um, you know um, fractions of a semitone right through to um, you know, seventh, Styling fifth. Styling cool. Oh, okay. Um, but the new oscillators, courtesy of Noise Engineering, there's three new oscillators. Yeah. And, I used one uh, of those in the 1010 review, actually. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. The new, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is what, when did, when did this come out? A few days ago, maybe the uh, four or Friday. five days ago. Friday, but think, um, yeah. yeah, Friday. I, I just couldn't get over how good it sounded. I mean, it really sounds absolutely Oh, they just it's that movement they just oh i couldn't yeah they, they're I, on it something it's really interesting yeah. isn't it how because the version they've made events of the firmware to a degree you know the, the yeah. version two they made a big deal about it and there was all that that as uh, andrew quang and um rachel rkc rachel, rachel K- Kalia, and yeah. a couple other people did tracks 
using only the Microfreak. And so now, you yeah. know, when there's a new oh, yeah. a new uh, firmware update for it, you know, mm. I can't remember, you know, they've made it into an event, which is really something, saying something for the, the kind mm. of the way that we've we've come to appreciate that. And that doesn't happen so much for other um, yeah. instruments. So I, I guess they sell a lot of these, so there's going to be more of them out in the wild. But yeah, good work on that. Well, well mentioned. It's there, kind of, it's reinventing that that thing you know you buy it's that thing we've talked about before you buy a synth and then suddenly it keeps getting updated new bells and whistles added and it's great value for money um just one one thing as well noise engineering are going to announce something tomorrow as well at nam um as as i'm sure other people will this week as well but i'm excited to see what they've they've got coming out there was men they were meant to release a, an oscillator pretty uh i think last year or they announced it at nam and it um it was a digital one, I think, loads of different wave shapes, but it was stereo, I think. Uh, well, I wonder if it's going to be that. I don't know. I mean, this mm. is the thing. It's because of the lack of focus around the actual physical event and people haven't really been pushing hard to hit the, the deadline of NAM because it's it, it wasn't a thing and it got called so early. There's less of this kind of feeding frenzy around the news. Uh. It's sort of, so it, it, it's quite, it feels a bit weird. I mean, if there is stuff happening, um, but it's sort of online and seminar-based over at, if you go to nam.org, you can sign up and get into it, all that thing. But I'm not, I'm not quite sure what it is. So that I think that's why we're getting less of this stuff, although Korg seems to have gone for it big time. And uh, <laughs> Yamaha oh. obviously announced their new uh, YC keyboards. I did a video with Blake yesterday for that. Uh, so that'll be up in the next day or so. I'm filming... Some with SoftTube tomorrow for their ICQ. Uh, so, you know, we've got a few things, but it's nothing like um, a, a show sort of event to, to move things around. We only hope that we'll be able to get there again soon or do or, or, or something yeah. will evolve from this mess yeah. that will, will maybe better, you know, maybe more focused or more, you know, and that's, that's I can't imagine what's going to happen. As soon as the gates open, it's just going to be, everywhere's going to be sold out, isn't it? Because people are just going to go, yeah, <laughs> i got to get out of here, man. <laughs> got to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're kind of, I, I think we're actually uh, almost at, at, at the hour mark or certainly a bit, beyond the hour mark so it feels like we pretty much covered something that the only thing that i didn't get to was uh where was it i think i did um sound semiconductors i don't know whether this is a big it feels like it should be a big deal let me throw this up because sound semiconductors have announced new chips and these are the guys that make uh you know one of them like curtis or another one the ssi sound semiconductors they make the kind of integrated circuits that make the oscillators the vcas the vcfs and the voices that are, are driving a lot of this new analog uh instrumentation so these two new chip uh, new oscillators fat keys ssi 2131 fat keys sounds a bit more snappy as a chip i mean how do you name chips to make them sound like yeah I has it got a fat <laughs> keys in it yeah i want one of those um so th these come out much more stable, um, less, uh, you know, much more stable and much more sort of fulsome waveforms. This stuff should be, I mean, this is kind of as big a deal as like a, a, an M1 chip, isn't it? I mean, doesn't this mean that we're going to get yeah. a load of new stuff? I mean, it feels like Definitely. it should be this, big news, right? This is the guts of everything that, well, a lot of the stuff that we're using. And it's quite easy to look at these things and kind of dismiss them and go, oh, yeah, that's the boring stuff. It's not. This is like, this is the guts of it. it. And it's what the manufacturers and the developers do when they take this and start putting it together in interesting ways and 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 put it into something that's just really lovely that we all then want to go out and buy. So, yeah, this should be like celebrate like the M1 chip for Apple, definitely. I don't know how much further they've gone with these, but... um. 
it's, well, it's I, a real I, I tell you what, shall I open the data the data sheet and we can have a look? Let's have a look. This it's is a very, big, like, it's oh. a very big document. Look how much, look how slowly this is loaded. What? It's not because so there's a lot of data in here. Okay, folks, I know this but is they're, fascinating. They're really- they're this really is, cheap, though, aren't they? Isn't that that's a big thing? Just sort of. Well, um, if you buy them in thousands, um, they're mm. like a dollar fifty or something. So you know, by the time wow. you, if you would buy one or two, you're probably going to pay four or five bucks, which is not doesn't seem like an awful lot, to be honest. You're right, there, right. Gaz. Yeah, uh, they're still mm. loading, so I'm guessing there's a lot of data in this. Uh, in this, so there must be. Uh, <laughs> There must be wow. something going on. I, we'll have to see. Is it still loading? Yes, it's still loading. Got, this is scintillating, <laughs> folks. Uh, but we did. We, I, I think I've started something that perhaps I shouldn't have uh, because it could extend the show to, I don't know, hours. Uh, come it's on. It's interesting, though, because in a, in the digital world, you know, you can open up something like Reactor Blocks and start playing with stuff at this kind of low level now or Bitweek, The Grid, Max MSP, Pure Data, you, you, you've got all that kind of thing there of emulations of this, build your own oscillator from scratch or find an oscillator that's been made in reactor blocks and pull it apart and put it back together in different ways and integrate filters in different ways. So any of you out there who are interested in, in this sort of low-level stuff, you can start getting into it relatively cheaply through reactor, Max MSP and The Grid and that kind of thing. Stop building up your own oscillators and sounds from scratch oh is it loaded uh let's see are we, are we ready folks uh we're ready for the big reveal Ta-da! i think it's just a slow data connection there's the fat keys there's Look the fat that. keys there the fat keys voltage control oscillator high performance synth voice front end triangle saw pulse pwm control excellent unprecedented so often used words these days temperature stability high integrity waveforms superb exponential buffered waveforms easy to use 16 lead sop i don't know what any of that stuff means so this is the good stuff this is the dense material that some of you may um, may make some sense of oh he's got sync uh, frequency so it looks like there's actually uh, linear fm or exponential fm in there uh let's see uh those are the shapes that it'll do. So, yeah, I mean, I, wow. I, we are being a little bit flippant here, but, you know, this stuff <laughs> is going to be, it's going to shape well, what we're going to see soon. And when the cool, was it cool, not cool, cool, what are they called? Cool, cool audio, cool. Um, oh, when they reissued the 3340, um, I thought that sounded better than the original. I mean, you know, I think there could be chips that sound better than the original analog chips, and these ones could be as well so i think well, where were, people have ine- like inevitably they will sound better the specs are going to be better the manufacturing tolerance right. is going to be better so so when people kind of go on about vintage things sounding better you know this so these this kind of development kind of uh makes you kind of wonder whether that will still be true you know well um, i mean the 30 the 3340s the oscillators i mean that i mean because cool audio i a th- cool audio the ones owned by behringer i think they are aren't they uh, well, one of them is, yes. and they remake the yeah. 3340. And the 3340 in the Neutron mm. sounds amazing. And 3340 yeah, in the it? white circuit sound, just sounds like, yeah. oh, my goodness, you know, really, really impressive. It can sound really, yeah. really good. So, mm. you know, all of that good stuff. Uh, oh, right. there is another one, Nick. Sorry. Sorry, Gaz, you're making a good point, though, because, yeah, I mean, there's people get out old synths all the times and, and they swear this sounds great, sounds like any better than anything that's new so a new chip does mm. it it might be manufactured better it might be more stable it might have i don't know the ability to um 
do stuff that I don't quite understand better than it's ever done before. But is it really better? It's well, a good. It's the, a good one. The randomness mm. is part of the charm, I think, as we found with Anne yeah. a lot of the time. Um, which uh, was, may, may be a good can, point. Can we just? To, sorry, uh, there's go. one more. There's one more. Can we just squeeze one more in, just very quickly? Uh, Kurzweil. Is it the K two oh, K two seven seven hundred? Is it? Um, yes. But it's, I, I thought it was. I thought this was cool because you know they're keeping that vast synthesizer engine developing and actually the specs on this thing is mind-blowing really in terms of uh the uh just well it's a sumptuous oh, synth uh yeah. yeah here we go i think ah oh, yeah uh, i'm a big fan answer. of kurtz 2600s i mean i've yeah i, I used think to it's use, my I used to have i think one. i'm using all my internet on uh video calls yes yeah, everything's the 2700 i think um <laughs> okay uh, the PDFs using Nick's bands with. Ah uh, no, it's not that. It's just Kurzweil. We'll go to Music Radar if we can oh. get past the pop-ups. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that this is the evolution of the K two series. I mean, this is wicked. Well, let's have a look. Yeah. See what this is. See if it awesome. Enormous spec on it. I was like, whoa. I don't think I can. Yeah. That's these yeah, things that's are serious. I can't. I can't play. It's just not playing for me. I'm afraid. The, Sorry about that. The, uh, yeah, the vast yeah, technology go. that that Kurtz files that I've implemented in the twenty six hundred, as as Gaz was saying, they are. I mean, talk about modulation. Talk about the sounds you get from them. I mean, they sound phenomenal. I'm really, I'm really excited about that, and I'm excited about this new Korg drum machine today. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad I came on the show. Well, glad we could be of help. Um, well, anyway, no, we did get that in. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. There will be more news coming over Believe in Music Week uh, or NAM, however you want to call it. Obviously, there's other world events happening today, which we've clashed with. But apparently, we've now we've now actually bridged the Sonic Talk has bridged the gap between the two presidents of the United. You know, we've we've bridged the you know we've we've <laughs> signaled in a new epoch. Whether that's good or bad, whatever your political beliefs, oh, we'll get into that. But we we bridged yep. the gap. I, I'm glad we were there for everybody. So uh, that's it for this week. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I want to say, don't forget if you're interested to uh, you want to uh, save ten percent on Kurt, on uh, Isotope products. Go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk and you can save ten percent with the code Sonic Ten at checkout. That's on any plugin or bundle. So so all of that stuff is there. But thank you very much, Gaz Williams, for joining us. Have you got a show tonight? Are you are you streaming or are you? Uh... I think I will, but I don't have a clue what I'm going to do. So um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can yes. join me for something incredibly random. Yeah, I will. I will do it. Why not? Eight, oh. 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> for something. For, for something, something or other. Right. And I'll try and figure out between now and then what we're going to do. How about you stumbling uh, around your studio with a VR headset on? <laughs> Me wrestling stumbling around the studio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. APM yeah. on the Gaz Williams show. Uh, that's Gaz Williams. Yeah, uh, something, something or something other tonight. Will, yeah. Something will happen. But thank yeah. you very much for joining us. And also, Mr. My pleasure. Hodson there. Um, all of your pixels, uh, when we can get them. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah. And, and Sorry good about luck that. Your project. Uh, where can people find about your, your bandcamp? What's your bandcamp? Is it maths, maths, maths? Oh, um, it's, yeah, it's maths.bandcamp.com. It's maths with two T's. And right. uh, just put a re um, remix up there of a band called Yumi in the Weather. And my next live stream is I'm actually going to show you how I made that remix using, um, I think it was probably the last track I did in Ableton Live. So I'm going to, I'm going to show you how um, 
how I made that, how I approach remixing, how I took the stems that were given to me right. and, um, and work through it. So join me for that. I'm not sure when I'll do it. Sometime when Gaz isn't on air. So we don't, <laughs> we don't oh, collide. Oh, thank you very much, Wagyu, for the, uh, and, and all of those of you donated via the Super Chat and stickers, very much appreciated. Uh, we've got Yay. plenty of time to go to, well, I guess there must be some sort of drinks fund when we can finally get together. So that's what we'll <laughs> put that one towards. Uh, and yes. uh, thank you but thank you everybody uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to all of you oh that's not going to work is it so uh, okay, fours <laughs> up we'll do that uh, we'll ah. see you all next time uh, that's it for this week thank you very much uh, that was Sonic Talk episode uh, 653 ring the bell and subscribe if you like what you see Ooh. take care see you later bye bye, bye.